What up, Love Quest Nation? You are listening to the official Love Quest International Church podcast recorded live at our Love Fix experience in Vancouver, BC. So come on and jump into this word brought to us by our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy. How you guys doing tonight? You may be seated. Anybody excited to be alive? Hey. Look at you, you're so you, you such a A1 leader, Pastor Julia, thank you so much. Helping the men's down. <laughs> Let's turn our attention. Are we ready? Let's turn our attention to the video screen, please, as we prepare for the word. Today, I wanted to just really hit on something, successfully dealing with pain. I think you hear, you, you, you hear many stories, and, and, and every story I just sat in the back room and listened to, I'm, I'm watching these people triumph and, and figure out ways to keep going. But how do you keep going? Why do you keep going? world says everything else is supposed to be opposite. Every time you come up to a challenge, you quit, you surrender, you give up, you give in. Every single thing I go through, I remember I was homeless and I draw from it. Every single time I'm going through pain, I remember that I've gone through pain since I was a kid. I draw from it. Recycle your pain. something from it. You're already in pain. Use it. Do something with it. Allow it to take you to the next level. Allow your pain to push you to greatness. There's two sides of pain that I don't think a lot of people really understand. Right? There's, there's one side of pain that's the suffering and the discomfort side of pain. But then there's another side of pain that's called effort. It's called glory. It's called if you can find a way to push through pain, there's something greater on the other side of it. And, 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 and if you never tap into it, it's because the first time you felt it, you backed off. The first time you felt, ah, that burn. The first time you felt that, ah, it's, it's too much. us give up so much in life so quickly. Why kids have a problem finishing things in today's time? Because as soon as they feel a small bit of discomfort or things ain't right, oh, they're gone. I can't do it no more. But suppose I told you the greatest pain of my life is the reason I'm standing See, sometimes we think the pain is what controls us. It's actually our subconscious mind that if we ever tapped into that, that's what dictates most of our life. Because see, pain, pain is tricky. Because if you don't control pain, it'll control you. Think about what we do the moment we feel 
two sides of pain. The, the two sides of pain. See, at that point, I feel like a victim. And I feel like, oh man, why me? You know, and, and when I fell, I remember laying on the ground. And I said, Lou, ain't nobody out here gonna help you get up. What makes you get up when you fall down? What makes your mentality change if there's a great situation or there's a bad situation? How do you dictate that based off the level of pain? Because I think that's what we're getting in trouble at. And so when I started cycling, when I started going to see these doctors, I realized that I turned my greatest pain into my greatest achievement. Well, sometimes your greatest pain about a greater purpose, that if you can find a way to push through, that if you can find a way to not make it about you, learn, learn to appreciate the occasional storms that come in your life. Just learn to appreciate Father, we thank you tonight that we, um, we are overcomers. And we serve a Savior that when in his most excruciating pain thought about us. We were the prize. Therefore, his pain was minimal compared to the victory of our salvation. Father, may we put on the mind of Christ. May we really begin to put our energy into what's really, really important. I declare, Father, that there are overcomers in this room. I declare no matter what the addictions may have been, no matter what the doctor may have said, no matter what the parents may have said, no matter the upbringing they had, no matter the financial condition, Lord God, I declare the latter is greater. I declare what's before us is greater than what has been behind us. I declare, Father, that there is a fight that will awaken in all of us, that we redirect and direct our energy, our time, our faith, are focused towards what matters to you. And in all the platforms you've blessed us to have, Father, may you be, to, be, be the center of everything we do. May you go from just being a priority to being first. <laughs> Everyone is fighting to make you a priority, but you didn't ask to be a priority. You asked to be first. Holy Spirit, have your way. And we thank you at the end of the day. The outcome has already been decided. We win. The enemy is defeated. We win. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen.
There's a lot of powerful stuff said in that video. I ask you guys just take this journey with us because last week this idea came was we are desperados. I need it. I want it. I got to have it. Say that with me. I need it. I want it. I got to have it. Now you say it. This world is full of desperation. Every person in here wake up desperate for something. My question to you, are you wasting your time being desperate for things that do not have a return value? As we mentioned, there's parents who are so desperate for a high, they will abandon their children in a crib for days without changing their diapers. Their strength that mothers and fathers find when their children are in danger, they're drowning, they're under a car, and they find supernatural strength to rescue their children. Desperation. You go to work desperate for some dream. I don't know your dreams. Everybody in here is desperate for something. Desperation isn't bad unless it's displaced. It, it, it's impossible to walk in faith and not be desperate. There's a level of desperation, and this word, this one word God dropped in my spirit last week, he said, my church isn't desperate enough. We try to find community groups, we try to find churches and preachers and pastors that agree with us. Or See, how about I challenge you, maybe God is calling you to be in a place where your psyche, your philosophy is being challenged. You're not always going to be called where you have full agreement. We can't continue to go through life looking for places that will give us comfort. Right? Some people are desperate for attention. Some people are desperate for spouses. Some people, but you're not desperate for a spouse. There's something deeper than that. You're not desperate for a job. There's something deeper for that. You're not desperate for millions. There's something deep, deeper than that. Something way deeper. That's the fruit of your desperation. But what's the root of your desperation? Do you want a marriage just because you're lonely and you need affirmation, you need somebody, you're afraid to die alone? That's not a bad reason. Nobody wants to die alone. But if all you do is focus on the fruit of your emotions and your feelings and don't get a grab a hold of the root of it, you will find yourself all the way out in sail, out in sea, heading the wrong direction. All you got to do when you're, when you're selling a ship is to be a little bit off. And before the drift. See, the enemy doesn't care about killing and stealing and destroying you right away. All he tries to do is get you just to unattend the drift. And you drift slowly and slowly. It's, it's funny how quick it is when you go on a fast, how quick it is to pick the fried chicken back up. How many things when you... When you fast from it, how quick it is to get back deep in it. But have you ever wondered why it's so hard? The longer you stay away from God, the harder it is to get back. You once was on fire for the Lord. Now you have settled for being lukewarm. Oh, lukewarm people will go to, go to heaven. You, you can have your little relationship with God, but you ain't on fire because theology and all these other things is more important than relationship. It's more important than body. And my question to you, what are you desperate for? 
If you don't grab a hold of what you're desperate for, you can find yourself old and having full of regret because the things you're desperate for today may not fuel you later. And you'll look back and say, man, I wish I invested time in that. When we look at this word desperation, um, man, people, you, you find people going to prison of great authority and stature. Their secrets. You have a, you, you have a very, uh, people are desperate for power. Willing to do whatever it takes to have power. We serve a desperate savior. You ain't, you, you're not desperate dying on a cross for people who may or may not save you. Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, electronics. Uh, where's Grace? Can you? The one that's for this week has the logo on it. Definition. A desperate or reckless person, especially a criminal. Oh, that's not a Christian. Yes, it is, man. We take back what the devil has stole from us. You take, you, you, you take back your emotional real estate that you have given up in a relationship or to some boo or booger or whatever you take back. You, you better have some criminal inside of you if you are going to take it by force. Kingdom suffered violent, but the violent take it by what? Force? No, we're not criminal according to the world standard of a criminal. But the kingdom we're in, man, you better know how to pursue, overtake, and recover all that was stolen from you. That's what Jesus did. He, he took us back. There's no true faith without some desperation. And when I got that word, I began to read the Bible with new eyes. Woman with the issue of blood, desperate. Naaman, desperate. And you keep on going throughout the Bible, you see desperate. Abraham, desperate. But what were they desperate for? <laughs> nope, that's not the one. Oh, yeah, 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 that's the one. Jesus went with him, and the huge crowd, this was a scripture we pulled up last week, but I want to point out something. Last week, we, we read about the woman with the issue of blood. I know we hear it a lot, but I want you to see something different. We often focus on her faith, but pay, pay attention to her desperation. She could have easily quit and never received wholeness because of discouragement. Because it didn't happen the way she thought it could happen as soon as she thought it should happen. She had an issue of blood for how long? Come on, how long? 12 years. No, no, no excuse me, I wasn't, I wasn't. Thank you. But it was also an atmosphere of desperation. 
it wasn't, we're focusing on the woman with the issue of blood, but it said there was crowds of desperate people wanting to do what? Touch Jesus. What if the church just was desperate to touch Jesus? As desperate as we are to make sure we got a production for you. To try and make Jesus palatable. Hmm. Then we go down, it says continual bleeding. Theologians would argue this was an extended menstrual cycle. She was flowing. But I want you to also then go with that in mind. Next verse says, for she kept saying to herself, desperate people don't stop encouraging themselves. Desperate people will run another lap, do another rep. They will speak it again. They will eat it again. They will not eat it. They will say sorry again. They will love again. Desperate people. He says, if only I could touch his clothes, I know. My question to you, what you're desperate for, do you know it will get you what you're desperate for? Are you going to risk your whole life chasing something you're desperate for just to get it and then be desperate for more? Jesus is the only one that can satisfy your thirst, your desperation. Handle that first and any other failure you have in life or disappointment won't knock you off course. <laughs> He's saying, as soon as her hand touched him, her cycle the Lord is after breaking your cycle. See, see, misplaced desperation will cause you to ignore deep-rooted cycles that no matter how far, how monetarily successful you are, the cycle will pop his head up and you will find yourself still in the same emotional rut. Still dissatisfied. It ain't enough money. It ain't enough sex. It ain't enough friends. It ain't enough channels on cable. It ain't enough ketchup. It ain't enough sugar. It just never becomes enough. Marijuana wasn't enough for some people, so now they tried heroin. Heroin wasn't enough. Coke, and now we just trying everything. The Lord says, man, my church not desperate, not as desperate. See, and you find miracles happening on a regular in desperate countries. <laughs> We too cool in North America. We too swagged out. We too cool. Be swagged, but if you lose your desperation, if your swag causes you to lose your desperation for Jesus, if your swag causes you not to want to lift your hands in worship, if your swag, if your too much knowledge causes you not to want to submit to other leaders, you got to understand, all of this has to do with our pursuit to Jesus. He says, submit, submit. He says, so, so. The point of sowing, the, sow is, the point of submitting, the point of gathering is not so much about gathering, giving, and sowing. It's about I want Jesus. And if Jesus says, sow, give, gather, guess what I'm going to do? Sow, give, and gather. Why? Because I want Jesus. Whatever you do with the money, whatever you do with my heart, do it. I just want Jesus. I'm going to forgive you because I want Jesus. Desperate for Jesus, not for your approval or your strength or your happy. I'm desperate for Jesus. So whatever Jesus say do, then I'm going to do it. 
Why do you come to church? Are you desperate for Jesus? Or are you desperate to check the box off for the week? Her cycle ended. She didn't quit until she got what she knew was hers. Stop putting it off and believing for other people. It's for you, not just for them. She said, I know it's a bunch of people looking for healing, Jesus, but you got something I need to. See, she didn't quit until she knew. She said, I know if I touch the hem of his garment. So I'm not going to quit till I do what? Touch the hem of his garment. Not going to easily get offended. Leave the church, go to another church. No, I'm, I'm so desperate for Jesus, I will risk my life just to touch him. I, I ain't so swaggy that I can't get on my knees and crawl. Next. She redirected her search. You know, we in the Google age, we in the search engine age. Siri, where was the first hamburger ever made? Well, it was, but look, she, the Bible say, oh, not the Bible, the song say, searched all over, couldn't find nobody, I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody, nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. I gave you the words, Carlos, open your mouth. Come on, buddy, help me. Nobody's greater, nobody's greater, nobody's greater than you. I know he's trying to figure it out, too. He's trying to figure it out. She redirected her search. How long you going to look for different results and keep typing the same thing in? That's why we on our love quest. We, we on our love quest. See, we always, hey, drop me your location. <laughs> Holy Spirit always dropping his location, but are you willing to go? You, you, you got that pen dropped to go get some tail. I knew where the weed man was. You looking for your favorite porn site, you type it in. If that didn't satisfy you, you keep searching. You want brown skin, you want light skin, you want dookie braids, you want, you want bald head, what you want? You search it, you research it. That's what research is. You don't research searching one time, you research. And some of us, we didn't try a whole lot of research. And that's what the woman with the issue of blood did. She spent money on doctors. She bought protein shakes. She tried plant-based, vegan, keto. She tried everything. 
Uh, we didn't go there yet. Stay with me, please. I'm preaching. Amen. And some of you are here because you are redirecting your search. But the question is, is once God says you're here, will you stay or will it not satisfy? Because you like, God, I didn't want to come here. I don't want to go to church every week. I don't want to be accountable to nobody. I want to go to church closer to my house. No, I don't want to read my word, God. You know me. He like, yeah, I do. That's why I need you to do what I'm telling you to do. That's why I need you to go where you're going to be challenged. That's why I need you to go where you ain't going to be the man or you not going to be the woman. I need you to maybe surrender to someone who you never thought would look like you, look, 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 look opposite of what you grew up under authority. I'm going to say, look, in our psyche, because that's what he said, our psyche, there's some people won't go to some churches because the person that's leading don't look like they dad. And the voice that they was raised under don't look like the voice they was called to. You, you, we're used to submitting to a certain type of people. And the Lord's like, nah, I'm trying to break all of that up. She, she redirected, you know, whether it's age. No, I need to go to a church where the, the pastor's older than me. Who said? Because you can go to a, where a pastor older you don't walk in no authority. Ain't led by the spirit. Anointing don't have no age on it. Jesus was 13. But what do we do? We keep searching. And how many times have we walked into what God wanted us to? It didn't look like what we wanted it to or what we thought. And we was like, all right, I'm going to research. Sometimes research can get you in too much trouble. At some point, the grass can't always be greener. She redirected her search. All right, let me catch up. Here we go. It was the love quest that brought her wholeness. See, are you doing what you're doing, pursuing Jesus and letting Jesus be released through you? It's great. Have a career. Work wherever you're going to work. Do what you're going to do. But does Jesus, is Jesus the motivation? Is his purpose to see men, men, lost men, one to him? Is it, can he have your platform or is he just a priority when you can squeeze him in? This goes beyond Sunday night or Sunday morning. This is about every day. Remember I said stop trying to make time for God, make space for God. If you make space for God, he'll fill it. Nothing else will satisfy he that is hungry and thirsty for righteousness shall be what? Filled. Obey your thirst. Anybody remember what that's from? Sprite. She chose a different method of payment. I'm telling you, your desperation costs. What are you willing to pay? To get what you're after. We'll put our body through excruciating pain to get a six pack. Some people, 
would do all kinds of stretchings just so they could do the splits at the club. <laughs> we had one girl came to our church. I, I just said one girl. We had one girl came to our church, and we did a show in the, in the club. It was her first time hanging out with Love Quest, and so she was feeling all excited. And then, they, we, you know, Love Quest, we have fun. That girl hit the splits and popped up, though. I was like, okay, first impression. Amen. Some of y'all like, who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Don't worry about who it was. Just pray for her. Look, her faith bought her what her resources couldn't afford. I'm, I'm here to let y'all know, it's going to come a time in life where no matter how much money you make, no matter who you know, there is nothing or no one that can pay for what you're going to need in the future. So you better invest in the one that can handle what the world can't handle. It ain't no medicine, it ain't, you might run into that situation where you got, if you don't know how to lean on God, the last thing you need to be is at the bottom where you're forced to do something you don't know how to do. Her faith bought her what her resources could not afford, what her knowledge couldn't afford, what her education, what her theology, it, it just couldn't afford it. What her faith paid for, all this other stuff that man is trying to accrue, diplomas and all these different things, that ain't going to heal you. That ain't going to keep you when life beats you up. Your desperation for freedom has to be stronger than the pain and bondage of your disease. Now, you might think disease is like HIV or uh, 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 coronavirus, <laughs> diabetes. You might, you, might think that, you might think of disease as, but let me tell you something. Too much social media can become a disease. Overeating can be a disease. Laziness is a disease. Anger is a disease. Your desperation for freedom has to be stronger than the pain and bondage of your disease. She said, whatever it's going to take, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I don't care who laughing at me. I don't care who lying on me. I don't care because I'm publicly, I'm, I'm illegal right now. I should supposed to be in my house. But she was willing to step out of the boundaries that man put on her. <laughs> you have to be uneasy with your dis-ease. You have to stop recycling and end the cycle. <laughs> what, 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 what do I mean by that? Stop trying to find a comfortable position to deal or help manage and cope with the cycle or the pain. Get off your mat and walk. 
You, you, you know how you uncomfortable in the middle of the night, and so you keep, you like, this bed uncomfortable, so I'm going to go sleep on the couch. Or my left side is uncomfortable, so I'm going to switch to the right side. You stuck, you still in the bed, you just keep tw- switching positions to manage the pain. People manage pains by being workaholics. They manage pain through sex. They manage pain through drugs. They manage pain through the gym. Let me tell you, I don't care how big your muscles get, it can't get rid of emotional pain. I don't care how thin you get. I don't care how lumpy you get. I don't care how many curves you get. It can't take care of the the tumors that is in your heart. Look, a hobby can never heal you. No, no not, not the depths of disease. It can help you deal with the pain, but he didn't die for you to deal. He made a deal for you to be healed. <laughs> Godly desperation always leads to repentance. Luke 22 says this, Jesus left the upper room with his disciples and as, as was his habit, went to the Mount of Olives, his place of secret prayer. There he told the apostles, keep praying for strength to be spared from the severe test of your faith. The severe what? Test of your what? Faith. What is the test for? Your faith. It's about your faith and your faith in Jesus your faith in your relationship with the Lord, your faith in in this journey and this quest to become more and more like Christ. You ain't supposed to stop. The Bible says you are renewing the spirit of your mind daily. Every day you should be coming more and more. Don't you ever be a complacent believer where you just hit autopilot and you just happy with the routines of Christianity. That's not the kingdom of God. He say, he say, he say. There he told the apostles, keep praying to strengthen um, um, from the severe tests of your faith that is about to come. Then he withdrew from them a short distance to be alone. Kneeling down, he prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup of agony away from me. But no matter what, your will must be mine. Here we go. What's your motive? What are you doing what you're doing for? Is it because your will and God's will align? What is God's will for your career? What is God's will for your family? What is God's will for your marriage? What is God's will for your relationships? What is God's will for your city? Does your will align with his will? Are you desperate for his will to be done or yours? you more desperate to build your kingdom than his. He said, he said, uh, uh, your will must be done. Jesus called for an angel of glory to strengthen him. It, Jesus is coming. He is on his way to the cross. He is very aware that the betrayer is on the way. And all he asked his homeboys to do, his disciples, is to do what? Pray for one hour. I need you in this moment to be desperate for the will of God to be done. Can you put your phone down? Can you be alone for a moment? Is there a season in your life where you could just totally 
immerge yourself in the will, or you just grind it to accomplish something that will never bring you satisfaction. Right? He say, the angel appeared. He prayed even more passionately. You see this? Desperately, passionately, like one being sacrificed until he was in such intense agony of spirit that his sweat became drops of blood dripping onto the ground. It's real life. When Jesus finished praying, he got up and went to his disciples and found them what? Not desperate, comfortable, sleep. I remember I preached one time to our youth ministry back home, sleeping on the battlefield. Are you, are you looking for just like comfortable, like cruisy Christianity, and then when you get in a tight place, you go to the Lord and like, help me out. Or do you live a lifestyle of desperation to see the lost found? Do you believe they were scattered? Do you care that people are lost? Do you care that people don't have a church home? Do you care that people are living a life uncovered? Do you care? Or are you just focused on you? Everybody's desperate for something. For they were exhausted and overwhelmed with sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. You need to be alert. And what? Pray for the strength to endure the great temptation. The Bible tells us be sober-minded. Don't relax. Don't relax. There's an enemy out there that's roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. He knows you're sitting in here getting a word today. What are he trying to do? Steal it. So you can continue your what? Cycle. He's like, okay, I couldn't stop them from coming to church today, but I can take what they got from church from them. You need a bigger cause than comfort and desiring a relief from pain in order to overcome and use it as fuel. You need something bigger. You heard him say, when you're down, you need something bigger than you to get up. And this is Jesus. Jesus was down. He said, Lord, take this cup from me. Let them pay their own price. But it's not my will. If your will is for me to be the sacrifice for all of humanity, my will is your will. You haven't overcome if you're merely managing. There's great counselors, there's great, there's great uh, books, there's great ideas out there that help you manage. But from way out, what I read is Jesus died and he rose, so we not only manage, but we actually overcome. I don't have to deal with, I don't have to always call myself an alcoholic. If I overcame, I'm not an alcoholic no more. I don't have to introduce myself as an alcoholic. He didn't call you. You have not overcome if you're merely managing your pain. That's amazing you've learned how to cope. But why would you want to cope 
Why would you want to deal with it if he's taking it from you? Managing just gives pain a safe place to be nurtured and have babies. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you just let something make yourself at home, pain don't care about you having managed it. You've given it a place to nest. So you might have been able to cope with that issue, but are you going to be able to deal with the babies? <laughs> James 1 says that the Lord didn't tempt you. He says that you allowed that sin to just nest, and it finally gave birth to death. You just switched from the left side to give your ribs a rest. And all you're doing is going through life, tossing and turning. That's not peace. And I'm challenging you, you still holding on to stuff that the Lord Ben took from you. But somewhere, somehow, you believe the lie that all you need is to cope with it. Sometimes coping with stuff robs you from receiving the new. There's no room. New wine came. Like you, I'm challenging you. Managing just gives pain a safe place to be nurtured and have babies. Uh, don't be desperate on the wrong side of destiny. You have to want to you have to want the success of God's plans for you worse than you want dot dot dot. When you're finding partners and business partners and all are is one of your questions with who you go in partnership with? How's your relationship with Jesus? Maybe you still make the decision to be business partners, but at least you know what you're going in with. If we ever get in a crunch, they're not going to handle it according to how the Lord wants to. I'm going to be the one having the faith. To, I'm going to be the one to pray. You have to want the success of God's plans for you worse than you want. video. It was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money, and so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I want to be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you want to be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach. Got there at 4 a.m. He all ready to rock and roll. Got on the suit. He should have wore shorts. The old man grabs his hand and said, How bad do you want to be successful? He said, Real bad. He said, Walk on out in the water. So he walks out into the water. Watch this. When he walks out into the water, it goes waist deep. So he's like, This guy crazy. 
like, I want to make money. He got me out here swimming. I didn't ask to be a lifeguard. I want to make money. He got me in. So he said, come out a little further. Walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area. The shoulder area. So this old man crazy. He's making money, but he's crazy. He said, come on out a little further. He came out a little further. Right at his mouth. My man like, I'm about to go back in here. This child is mine. So the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, holding him down. My man kept scratching, holding him down. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I don't know how many of y'all got asthma in here today, but if you ever had an asthma attack before, you short of breath, SOB, shortness of breath, you wheezing. The only thing you're trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball games. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it badder than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Some of you lost sleep more than you lost success. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're going to be successful, you've got to be willing to give up sleep. You gotta be willing to work off for three hours of sleep, two hours. If you really want to be successful, some days you're gonna have to stay up three days in a row. Because if you go to sleep, you might miss the opportunity to be successful. That's how bad you gotta want it. You gotta go days without, listen to me, you gotta want to be successful so bad that you forget to eat. Beyonce said once she was on the set doing her thing, three days had gone by, she forgot she didn't eat. Because she was engaged. I'll never forget uh, when 50 Cent was doing his movie, I did a little research on 50, and 50 said that when he wasn't doing the movie, he was doing the soundtrack. And they said, when do you sleep, 50? Sleep, he said, sleep. Sleep is for those people who are broke. I don't sleep. He said, I got an opportunity to make a dream become a reality. Don't cry to quit. You already in pain, you already hurt. Get a reward from it. Don't go to sleep until you succeed. Listen to me. I'm here to tell you today that you can come here, you can jump up, you can do flips, you can be excited when we give away money. But listen to me, you will never be successful until I don't have to give you a dime to do it. You won't be successful until you say, I don't need that money. Because I got it in here. say that our mindset is 90 to 99 percent of accomplishing greatness why do you think the Lord says renew your mind and that's why we can't afford to be de have misdirected desperation 
because you feed the animal that's going to have to fight for you in the day of adversity. If you don't feed your soul with the living water in the day that only the living water can help you, Again, he says stuff about sleep. Don't get caught up on, oh, he crazy. You ain't supposed to sleep. You're supposed to enter the rest of God. No. You wouldn't be a top athlete without getting some sleep. But you don't sleep for recreation. Because there's stuff to do is what he's saying. He didn't mean don't eat. But what he said, if you heard for one moment, he said, engage in life. Engage in God's purpose for your life. Be aware at work. Don't just be so tired, you're not aware that God wants you to tell that person he loves them. Don't be so focused because the security guard needs somebody to pray for him. Engage. How you perceive affects how you believe. How you perceive affects how you believe. To have the mind of Christ is to have the eyes of Christ. He just wants your eyes. He just wants you to see how he sees. He don't want you to be so impatient with people that you can't see his love for that person. He don't want you to be so afraid about what the news says. That you don't look at the coronavirus as an opportunity not to isolate, but if someone does come around you, maybe you have some virtue inside of you that if someone touches the him, the body, and you might release a prayer and somebody can come to know Jesus. You know how many people, the news say there's a disease, how many people freak out and won't go nowhere? But we the one who knows the healer. Not saying don't be wise, but engage. Genesis 22 says, God said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Mind you, this is the son that the Lord, the, the Lord has promised that the, that, that the inheritance would come through. Look at this. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and then began the trip to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And Abraham said to his servants, settle down and stay here with the donkey and I and the young man will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Remember what we said. Sacrifice, your perception. How do you see what God is trying to get from you, get through you, get to you? You think God's trying to make you have a boring life? Do you see coming to church as a waste of time? Do you see sowing? Do you see forgiving? What God is trying to do, look at Abraham's perception. He said, this don't make no sense to me, God, but I'm sure if you promise that this is the way to the promise, you have a plan to resurrect my son. So, Lord, I might have to lay it on the altar today, but you got a plan to upgrade me. 
See, God don't see the sacrifice as a loss. He sees it as an offering. He sees it as a seed. He sees it as an opportunity to produce more great lavish fruit. And you trying to hold tight to something that God is trying to multiply. And if you hold tight to it, guess what? It can't multiply. <laughs> he said, and Abraham said to his servants, look what he said. Can you imagine the Lord saying, hey, go kill your son? Abraham, this is what he says. I am going to go worship. And, meet, and look, who, look who he said is coming back. The young man will go yonder and worship and come back to you again. Wait a minute. The Lord said go kill him. Abraham said me and him will be back. The, the offering is coming back. The time is coming back. The relationship is coming back. You're like, oh, I can't let go of social media. Oh, I can't let go of this relationship. Oh, like there's never going to be another opportunity. And the Lord's like, man, I'm just, I, I'm after your heart. I'm desperate for what I and who I died for. You're trying to hold on to this. I'm trying to get this. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So I need to get the treasure so I can get your what? Heart. You so focused on the treasure, I'm trying to get your heart. <laughs> oh, God, I got to move to Canada. I got to leave my family behind. But, but man, if I would have held on to the few family members... Well, I ain't going. My, my, if you can't go, my, I ain't going. Well, I'm comfortable. We got a house. We got two incomes. We comfortable. It may get tough sometimes, but I'll just turn over on the other rib. And all I would have is my little family, my little income. <laughs> Desperate people live in the D. But then I come here, and the Lord is building something. That goes beyond my bloodline. Well, what are you missing out on trying to hold on to what you think is your last little bit of cake? Not knowing that that little piece of cake not only is going to feed your family when you put it in God's hands, but it also is going to resurrect some lives that are dead. See, God is asking for today offering for later on's troubles. Ah, you don't see what's down the road. He does. <laughs> and Abraham said to his servants, settle down, we're going to be back. Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on, laid it on the shoulders of, the, of Isaac, his son. And he took the fire, the fire pot in his own hand and a knife, and the two of them went on together. See, that's where you got to be dangerous, asking God for stuff. See, because what I find out, God will give you stuff that means something to your heart and then ask for it back. I, I don't, I look, look, <laughs> I ain't saying ask for it back like he double-minded. But there's nothing he blesses you with that he had the intention to take his place. So here, yes, marry her. Yep, had him children. Dedicate them to me. <laughs> oh, boo, 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 oh my God. 
raise them up in the way they should go. Don't raise them up to go to the college you wish you went to. Don't raise them up to play the sports that you failed at. Those still minds. Yep, you was barren for nine years and you play and you and you knocked on heaven's doors. Now your your womb opened up. I didn't bless you with a child, but raise him up in the way I don't hold on to him like you'll never be able to have another baby. See, you think you see, see, you, 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 see, whatever you asking God for, can his will be done through it? Can he still get the glory out of the career you desire? Maybe you're going through this extended season because all God is trying to do, he's not trying to get your career, he's trying to get your heart. So whatever shake, rattles, and rolls go on in your career, it won't, it won't knock you off course. Then Abraham the wood and boom 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 and they went on together and Isaac said to Abraham my father and he said here I am my son Isaac says see here are the fire and the wood but where is the lamb his son has awakened at this point you know I don't see no sacrifice I've been carrying the wood that's gonna burn me dad what what's going on here dad see and that's some of the warfare in your own household your kids won't now, and you got to be strong enough to say later. You can't just let anything slide, not because you're a hard parent. It's because you got to raise them up in the way they should go. We had a discussion today about a, a volleyball game today. It's like, no, she's not going to the volleyball game today. Love you, sweetie. Love you. Right? It don't mean she plays on Sundays at times. But at the, in the long run, what, we need to, what we're trying to instill is God first. What we're trying to instill is you have to make room for the Lord. And we're in a time where we're scheduling all, all the sports on Sunday. And don't get me wrong, we got to raise her up, not just serve the Lord on Sunday, but every day. But the point is, it's like, yeah, baby, I know you want to go there, but come here today. Because this is who's going to carry you. This is who's going to keep you when that volleyball, when your ankle broke. Abraham said, my son, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. So the two went together. <laughs> Guess that worked. The Lord will provide, son. Just come on. But, but this goes to show you also have to run with obedient people. You got to hang out with obedience. Because sometimes you can't afford to be on the same boat Jonah on. That's why you can't have friends that always, like you got to have friends that be like, bruh, sis, no, we ain't doing this today. No, don't go back down there. No, leave him alone. No, leave her alone. No. No, no, we're not going to the club tonight. No, we went last week. I ain't saying never go to the club, but we went, we going to the club too much. No, no, we drink, let's fast from drinking. No, let's fast from getting drunk. 
No. You a hater. What didn't God into you, Jesus? Like how long? We got family members almost 70 years old still smoking weed. You ain't done yet. Like almost 80 years old. Back don't hurt. No cancer, nothing, just smoking weed. Why are you still smoking weed? Like, that's a long time to be smoking. I stopped, but I'm like, I can't imagine. I'm like, man, you smoking with your grandpops? Dang. Your grandkids ain't even telling you, Grandpa, stop. No. You got to have people around you that's like, no. I'm not doing that. No, let's stop. Let's grow up. Let's change. We've been there, done that. Then he laid the wood in the order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the what? Altar on the wood. Mm-mm. Son, like, all right, dad. So you got to roll with people that trust you that much, too. This uh, Dad, this don't make no sense. Where mom at? <laughs> mom would not agree with this. Mom! <laughs> Hey, yo, ma. <laughs> and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took hold of the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord ooh, called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham was about to do it. That's why he got called twice. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Hold up, wait a minute. Chill. <laughs> he answered, Here I am. You better know the voice of the Lord. Now, I want y'all to see this. Well, God told me to do it. No, God can tell you to do something to get you going. But because there's a process, he can switch the, he can, he can say, now go left. He can read, like navi- navigation do, it redirects. The destination is the same. And if, if you just keep walking off of what he said and not listening to what he's saying, you're going to be mad at God and say, God, I thought you told me to, he might have told you to do something to head a certain direction. <laughs> see, see, you're taking what and who God said to do what and who went as the destination. And maybe God said, do it as a sign. Just because you see a stop sign don't mean park. It's a sign to help you get to your destination safely. And along the way, you're going to get dead in, not through street. But some of us, when we see the not through street sign, we try to make a way out of no way. Hopping fence, we're going to abandon the car to hop the fence. And the Lord's like, these are signs to the destination. They're not the destination. 
And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now, this is all it's about. For now I know. Now I know you got my heart. Now I know when I do bring the promise, you never going to forgive me. You're going to worship me. When I do get you that spouse, when I do get you that career, you're going to worship me with it, through it. Uh, that you fear and revere God. He said, now I know that you fear and revere me since you have not held back from me. This is what is, oh, what are you holding back? Time. What are you holding back? God ain't asking you to tithe and sow and give just because he's trying to break you. It's actually, there's nothing that God will ask you to sow that doesn't end up in multiplication. It's about your heart. <clears throat> For me, or begrudge giving me your son, your only son. And this is this spiritual transaction that took place. Abraham, this father of faith. And right here on this mountain, some say it wasn't too far from where Jesus pitched his cross. There was a man in the earth that was willing to give his only begotten son. And the Lord said, no, I'll give mine. <laughs> God just wants to be first, not just a priority. Take the chains off of his inherent desperation that is in you so that he can do a greater work through you and release the inherited promises to you. I'll read it again. If Christ is in you, Troy, his desperation, his passion, his anointing is in you. But sometimes we chain his passion. <laughs> the Lord wants to sing a praise through your lips. But sometimes you sit there too cool. I don't like this song. These young people. Is it young people? Or is it Christian energy? Or is it joy? Or is it anointing? At what age you stop moving and rejoicing? I don't want to be older if I got to be crippled. If I, if, I gotta, if I can't shout no more. If I can't dance no more. Even if I, I'm off beat a little bit. Even if I'm a little slower, like I'm still moving. <laughs> some stuff you don't, you, some stuff you won't know about God until you're desperate for him. Desperate people never let the pressures from outside silence, uh, uh, silence from outside silence the hope. On the inside. Desperate people never let the pressures from outside silence the hope on the inside. Stop silencing your hope and let it sing. Mm. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. You are not to be in that number Oh, when the saints go marching in Oh, when the saints go marching in Oh, when the saints go marching in Oh, I 
Tell you, we going, we going somewhere. We going somewhere. The Lord bringing in the gifts. He bringing in the gifts. He bringing in the gifts. You didn't know that last one, but you got that one. You like make up time, make up time. Hey, hey, I want to praise to the point, you, you know, you know, you know, some, you know, some girls be getting jealous when other girls look cute. And some guys be getting jealous when other guys more in shape or I want somebody to be jealous of me because of my praise. I, I want to be like, why he dancing so much? I want him to say, oh, he putting on a show. No, David was in the middle of the street dancing till his clothes fell off. I just know if my, if my praise make you mad, that means I'm making the devil mad. Some people never know how far, when, when you have to pioneer a church, when you come from another country, and then you're preaching to like stiff folks. And you got to begin to, that's why people are wondering how long it's going to, man, do you understand what kind of house God is trying to build? Do you know he's, he wants to bring in broken people, but if broken people come into a stale environment, they're going to walk out just as broken. People want joy. That's why they go to ball games. That's why the mountain of entertainment gives people a break from stress. But we ain't just trying to give people a break from stress. We trying to break stress. So to be pioneering a space where folks was, didn't know, oh, we can, we can clap right there. Oh, really? Come on, y'all. You know what I'm saying? And then now I got I, I to gotta tell people to be quiet. But to watch people grow in their freedom and just like, wow, church can be lively and that's not demonic. We didn't believe the lie from stale people thinking it's demonic because you dance. And no, there's some points and that's why we teach on our spiritual gifts and we teach on and we are aware of warfare. If something manifests, we're going to deal with it. But just because I'm having joy and take a praise break don't mean it's demonic. No, it's joy. Don't demonize joy. Or I'm going to keep dancing. Bible says, I long to drink of you. Oh, God, drinkly, drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your... What you drinking? What you drinking, Troy? Don't answer out loud, Troy. What you drinking? He said, I'm drinking from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. What you sipping on? Man, you know how we make, we making clubs. We making spots super rich with the spirits on the wall. Oh, trust me, it's spirits. That's why it's top shelf spirits. You drink some, some bad stuff. Some spirits you drink make you angry. 
some spirits you drink make you feel sexy, you know what I'm saying? You like, hey, girl. Make you feel nasty, raunchy, make you feel like you want to fight. All these different spirits, whether it's white, you want some vodka, you want some cognac, you want something that's been aged for 100 years, you want wine, you want Riesling, what you want, uh, Sauvignon Blanc, <laughs> Chardonnay, what you want. Folks be bougie. They be tricking us, though, walking to the table. Hi, this is, this is Ray for, this is age for 82 years in the Napa Valley. Oh, my God. And they crush these grapes with their left foot. <laughs> Got us spending that money. <laughs> Bring the Lord. I didn't did all that, didn't smell nothing but alcohol. What that? <laughs> amen, amen. All good. It do make you feel a little more classier, though. You know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. My soul thirsts and pants and longs for the living God. What are you, what is, you have to, you have to get your soul, you have to get this thing under control. Right? Don't take what your soul is thirsting for as you wanting it. You ever thought you wanted something, got it, and was like, why did I just do that? You, 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 that, that food, you like, oh, I want that burger. I got a taste for a burger. And then you ate it and you like, ugh. No, 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 not have your best interest. You have to have the strength to say, no, I don't want that. You want that, old man. But new man knows that that's not good for me. My soul is thirsting for you, Lord. I want to come and see your face. Day and night. My tears keep falling and my heart keeps crying for your help while my enemies mock me over and over. I'm not looking for a gun. I'm not looking to post it. Move. Comment down low if you ever feel like busting somebody in the head. Fire emoji. How should I kill him with a bag or a bat? Vote. <laughs> and the Lord says, cast your cares upon me. You don't even got to talk about everything with your best friend. Some stuff you just need to talk to the Lord. Especially if you're sharing problems with an emotional friend. 
If you ever sitting there telling your friend a problem and both of y'all crying at the coffee shop, <laughs> y'all in trouble. <laughs> he says, where is the God of yours? Why doesn't he help you? Your family and friends may not understand God's timing. Don't try to rush God because your family's rushing you. So then, my soul, why would you be depressed? Why would you sink into despair? Just keep hoping. You see this? Desperate. Just keep hoping. No matter what it looks like, just keep hoping. And waiting on God, your Savior. For no matter what, I will still sing with prayer. Desperate people in the kingdom don't give up on what God said. He said, I will still sing with praise for living before his face is my saving grace. I'm not going to let stress and the things that's going on around me snatch me from under his wings. He said, yet I will still remember you. Don't let your problems cause you to forget the goodness of God. That's what he's talking about. He said, when you're down, you got to be trying to get up. What's going to help you up is a bigger cause than just getting up. Matthew 7 says, seek, and you'll discover, knock, ask, desperate. Keep asking. Don't give up. Well, God, if you don't come fast enough, I'm going to do it anyway. No, just keep going. Acts of desperation always leads to the acts of suffocation, constipation, and incarceration. I'll let you read it. What's being suffocated because your desperation is misdirected? Some of you have such a big heart. Some of you have some crazy dreams, good dreams, like big dreams. I'm not talking about sleep dreams. I'm talking about, about, about uh, actually doing things in this earth. There's so much greatness wound up in you guys, but some stuff, not being able to focus on now, being hurt in the past is not allowing you to release the goodness of God out of you to its fullest. Fear is suffocating some of you guys. What is suffocating you? Are you desperate for freedom as bad as you are desperate for acceptance of men? Desperate people are arrested people that carry revival in their veins. Desperate people are arrested people that carry revival in their veins. We, we, we about to close. We've read this scripture, and this is where we'll, this is the passage we will land this on. We've read this scripture thousand times because I believe this is a word spoken over love quest Ezekiel 47 I want you to see this because desperate people can't stand shallow water (laughs) then he my guide brought me again say again 
to the door of the house of the Lord, the temple. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple was toward the east. Hello. And the waters came down from under from the, from the, right, from the right side of the temple, on the south side of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the, the north gate and led me around outside to the outer gate by the way that faces east. And behold, Ezekiel and his visions, man, his visitations were amazing. Waters were running out on the right side. Verse 3, and when the man went on eastward with the measuring line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, and he caused me to pass through the waters. Waters that were where? Everybody, that were where? Ankle deep. That's about, that's about right there at the top of my, my converse. Y'all know the ankles, ankle deep. Everybody ankles different. Ankle deep. Verse 4. Again, he measured a thousand cubits and caused me to pass through the water. You see, he's got him going in the flow. He's got him going out to where the water is heading. He got him in the flow. Say the flow. Man, flow with the Lord. Flow with the Lord. You don't want to wrestle in the deep with him like that. You don't want to wrestle. You don't want to wrestle. Waters that reach to the what? Knees. There's a knees right here. Everybody knees. Different. Again, he measured a thousand cubits and caused me to pass through the waters. Waters that reach to the what? Loins. Everybody loin area. Different. The loin. You see, the water is doing what? Rising. And, and see, we, we like, Lord, if you, if you remember, Ray Lewis in the beginning mentioned about the guy, he was like, come out, until he had no choice but to swim. And see, that's why you can't have a complacent Christianity, where you remain in control. Where you just splash around. See, you see me in three feet, that's why I don't like getting in the kiddie pool with Micah. I'm just too tall. And I'm just sitting, I'm just walking in. I got to get, I got to just crawl, slide in the kiddie pool. But I'm still. (laughs) (laughs) He measured a thousand cubits and caused me to pass through the waters and came to my loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river. That I could not pass through. See? The Lord loves when his children have to depend on him. When will you release control? It don't mean you don't make decisions. It don't mean you don't be responsible. For the waters had risen. Waters to what? Swim in. A river that could not be passed over or through. Point, 
The deep is where you're not in control anymore, and he's the only option. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Remember, perception. Then he led me and caused me to return. Troy, I'm here on whatever I'm calling you and keep calling your name for. Look, the Lord took him out in a place that was uncomfortable only to open up his eyes to bring him back to where he was so he could switch his perception of where he was called. Now what do you see? And sometimes you got to go through seasons where God will take you where you don't understand, where you feel unsafe, where it's risky, where it's lonely, only so he can bring you right back and you can have different eyes. You can stop seeing like your friends, you can stop seeing like the world, stop seeing like culture, stop seeing like your mom and them. He has not called you there to see like them. <laughs> He's called you there to lead people out of there. But if you only see like them, if you fold when their perceptions and their frustrations and anger and emotions is thrusted on you and you quit and you fold, can't help nobody for the Lord to call you out. <laughs> now when I have returned, look at what he say. Now when I return, behold, on the bank of the river were very many. Look at his perception. Some of y'all thought y'all went to YWAM just to go to YWAM. Some of you thought that you went on your little excursions just to go to your excursions. Some of you thought you went through family issues and trauma. Some of you thought you took a break to go elsewhere. And the Lord said, no, I'm pulling you out of this situation to get, grab a hold of your heart and your perception, but I'm calling you right back. And now you, some of you went through a frustrating season like, God, I thought I was leaving. He snatched me out of the club, Danny, wiped my eyes, and he brought me back in the club so I could see differently. That's why I'm like, man, sometimes it's hard to, when I invite the church to the club, I don't know what you be thinking, but that's where, that's, why don't you want to go in the club? Because you're afraid you might be the club? If you're free, the club ain't going to tempt you no more. We are called to go back back who are you to think that God will redeem you out of something and not take you back to help people because now you've experienced what it's like <laughs> folks be like don't forget where you came from so come back to the hood no 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 don't forget where I came from was in this garden with my daddy where so if I come back to the hood guess what I'm gonna bring you I'm going to bring you peace. I'm going to bring you joy. I'm going to bring you a fresh mindset. I'm going to bring you hope. But we so busy trying to make sure our family don't think. Let me tell you something. If you're going to ever walk high with the Lord, there's going to be some separation amongst your family. Jesus let his parents walk away. And they came back, three-day journey back, and said they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. And the Lord was so desperate to fulfill his father's will, he was willing to be separated from his parents at a young age just to see God. Then he said to me, these waters pour out toward the eastern region and go down into the, uh, 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 there we go, Arabah, the Jordan Valley. And on into the Dead Sea. Say Dead Sea. 
Anybody ever have some Dead Sea experiences? Amen. Y'all like, what, what is the Dead Sea? It just is it's still waters. It's Dead Sea. It's nothing fruitful about it. It's, it's you, okay, no, now we're on the same page. Cool, cool, cool. And when they shall enter into the sea, when they shall enter into the sea, when they shall enter into the sea, the sea of putrid waters. You see this? The water shall be healed and made fresh. Right now he's talking about these fresh waters. He's talking about a people. He is talking about a people. He is talking about restoring. Yes, this is going forward. Prophetic word for, for Israel is going, going forward. And what we have to understand, but the word applies to all generations that where these waters go, there will be a cleaning. There will be a restoration. The water shall be healed and made fresh. What was dead shall now, what was poisonous can be drank now. See, I had some toxicity in my, late, my vocabulary back in the day. I was leading all kinds of people the wrong route. I was taking advantage of vulnerable young ladies. I would tell them what they wanted to hear to get what I thought my little insecure butt wanted. I would hang out with my homies and smoke and drink and party, not realizing as I was looking up to the older boys I hung out with that God called me to lead the older ones too. But my identity was so wrapped up into culture. So I was toxic for a season. I was even toxic for my wife, being a Christian, living a double life. Telling her on one breath, I love the Lord. But then we go party and get drunk. Wherever the double river shall go, every, say every, every living creature which swarms shall live. Everywhere you go, you go to movie sets, you go to the gym, you go, you, you, you go to the border, you go through drive through at 1 a.m. Ask anybody that's with me when we go through the drive through late at night. Joy. I'm ordering stuff that ain't on the menu just to crack, just to bring us some laughs. Anybody ever go to A&W? You ever get the Uncle Burger? You ever get the Team Burger? You know what I'm saying? When you go to A&W next time, order a stepdad. <laughs> order a stepdad. Why, why do you got to be so serious when you go out to Cactus Club? Make your waitress day. Be that joy. You don't got to say Jesus. Just let Jesus live through you. Look, look, look. And there shall be a very great number of fish. This is prophetic word for Love Quest. This is a prophetic word for Vancouver. All nations. Very great number of fish. Because these waters go there. That, the waters of the sea. What's, it, what's 2020? Yeah. The sea of harvest. S-E-A. The sea of harvest. These waters of the sea may be healed and made fresh, and everything shall live wherever these waters go. I don't know about you, but I just feel inside of me wherever I go, dry bones will live. Depressed spirits will come alive and have joy. I can put a smile on somebody's face. 
engage with depression, not to become depressed, but to challenge someone's posture to know they can smile. Yeah, yeah. You ain't just any kind of fish, love quest, or fisherman. You are deep sea fishermen. You are a swordfish, what they call the Bible. The sword. You are a swordfish. You, you're not no little, no little, no little, 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 little fish. And you ain't no bottom feeder either. You say the fishermen shall stand. The fishermen shall stand. I don't care. People talking. Listen. I told you, Love Quest. When you understand what kind of church you are, you will understand that we are a spiritual force in this community and filled seats has nothing to do with the success of our, let me tell you something. You know how many people, pastors, I've heard how hard it is from Hillsong pastors to how hard it is to plant churches in Vancouver. Hillsong planting a church now here. Mosaic planting a church. You find so many church plants from across the globe coming into this city. And I'm not saying we're playing a piece, but the sound, the extra hours of worship, the prayer. We, we are, that's what it means to be a church for the church. It doesn't mean we're here to just equip Christians. It means that we're also here to prepare a space for people all over the globe to have a call on their life to come where God is calling because the devil does not want them to come. So can you have a purpose where your purpose is we're going to lift up a sound to push back darkness so others can come in? It's not just about love quest. It's about the church of Jesus Christ. If everybody trying to have a mega church and a fit, but not focused on even the, the, the pastor that's called to plant a church that will never get past 50. But he's called to steward the 50. But he can't break through because he don't have a worship team. But there's a people who got the sound. That is not for this building, but it's for the nation. Not just planting a church or a ministry for you. You have a purpose in an area. <laughs> and this is where this revival is right here. You see this. He changed his perspective. He's like, oh, my God. All I saw was these three blocks full of addicts and dirt and people feel sorry for the people planting churches and doing ministry in East Vancouver. He said, no, you see in the wrong stuff what I see. The reason when I visited in 2013 and I said, man, if Jesus was going to plant a church, he'd do it right here in East Vancouver. The reason I want to do ministry right here is because of this. He said, the fishermen shall stand on the banks of this Dead Sea. From Engedi even to Egle shall be a place to spread your nets. Why would you spread your nets if there wasn't many? If there wasn't a heart? Look, look, he said, fishermen will spread. That's why you don't need to fight over members and all of that. And there's plenty for anybody that's called to do ministry. There's plenty of harvest. We don't need leftovers. We don't need a need, hope a church closed so they members can come here. 
Their fish shall be of very many kinds, all nations. Vancouver, a global hub. As the fish of the great and Mediterranean, what? Sea. Sea of harvest. But its swamps and marshes will not become wholesome for animal life. They shall, as the river subsides, be left encrusted with salt and given over to. I said, God, that's cold. What about the animals? He says, son, I care about my souls that I created to have relationship with. And I love animal activists. And if you in here, man, right on. But you shouldn't care more about an animal than you do a person. And on the banks of the river, on both its sides, there shall grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaf shall not fade, nor shall their fruit fail to meet the demand. And here it is. Those trees shall bring forth fruit every month. Because their waters came from out of the sanctuary. The praise, the sac... And their fruit shall be for food. And their leaves for healing. We know what the fruit is. But Lord, what is the leaves for healing? And as I asked that question, he took me to love. Love all nations. That's why this world needs agape. There's no other love that can heal the brokenness that is in this world. Dip again, love quest. Strike again. Breathe again. Love again. Hope again. Push again. Turn the cycle of losing into a cycle of loosening. Loosen that thing. Loosen that bondage. Whatever you loosen on earth shall be loosened in heaven. Video, and we'll close. When I look at people, I always ask the question, I say, man, tell me what Nike stands for. They said, oh, Ink, that's easy, just do it. I said, tell me what Adidas stands for. Oh, Ink, that's easy, man, impossible is nothing. I said, now tell me what you stand for. When people look at you, do they think excuses? When people look at you, do they think victory? When people look at you, do they think that's a person that's going to give me everything they got, not on some days, but on every day, and it's not going to be predicated upon if I feel like it, because I think we all know if we only worked on the days when we felt like it, none of us would get much accomplished. I'm talking about the real level of commitment, not the commitment that falls in line if everything goes right. I'm speaking of the commitment that says, I am going to stay true to what I said I would do long after the mood that I've said it in has left. See, most people, ladies and gentlemen, are stoppable. Most people, all you have to do is tell them no. All you have to do is make it inconvenience for them. All you have to do is make it difficult for them and they're stuck. See, when you go to get your goal, don't think that all you have to do is think positive and everything's going to work out okie dokie for you. When you go to get your goal, you are sending a telegram to Murphy's Law to visit you personally. You thought you was just going to have a dream and a goal, and you were just going to wake up and just walk into the sunset. You're like, dream, boom. It don't work like that. You have a dream, and then life pumps you. Life pumps you and say, do you really want this?
You're going to lose friends. Do you really want this? Do you really want this? Cousins going to abandon you. People that you used to be like this with going to think you bougie and don't want to deal with you. It's a part of it, but I paid too much. If I was going to quit, I would have quit in the abandoned building when I wanted to commit suicide and take my life. I should have quit when I heard my voice say, your mama don't want you, your daddy don't want you, take your life. I got through that, so why I'm going to quit over F on a grade? Come on. And so I'm telling y'all, you have come too far to quit now. You have invested too much to quit now. You have lost too much to quit now. Don't cry about it. Don't whine about it. Get a reward for your pain. And so by being committed to everything that I started, I finished it. It built a certain type of spirit. It built a certain type of mentality. It built a certain type of individual. And so now I in my life and everything that I was doing. You're too close to quit now. You gotta take another lap. You gotta take another lap. Because you never know. This might be the one. You can't stop because you're tired. You can't stop because you got your feelings hurt. You got to take another lap. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. You're going to make it. You're going to do it. You got an unstoppable fire. Come on, take another lap. Don't you stop. Don't stop walking. Come on, can we give God a hand today? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on! Come on! Come on! Give God some praise! 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 Come on! Give God some praise! Don't give me praise. Give God some praise. If you are unstoppable, with us throughout the week by following us on social media at LoveQuest INTL Church. And join us next time as we get equipped with a powerful right now word. Have a great rest of your day and get your love fixed, man.